Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 322 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about why you should not invest like billionaires. Now, you may think that that is a uh, wild topic, given that you know billionaires are exceedingly wealthy. Why would I not invest like billionaires? Well, in short, it's just not suitable for most of us. And I'll dig into exactly why that is, what that looks like, and exactly how we should be investing as smaller investors uh, throughout the course of our lifetime in order to become wealthy. Uh, and yet, we still are going to be different uh, than the billionaires that we know of. Uh, so stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you're interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who watches or listens to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, as a culture, we seem to be fixated on billionaires. And naturally, when those are the individuals who uh, have the vast majority of the wealth, those are the individuals who uh, have built these large companies, those are the individuals who you see uh, on TV doing crazy stuff like uh, you know, having their own uh, space companies, you know, Bezos and Elon Musk and, uh, you know, doing all these crazy things. We look at them, right? And we see them, we observe them very, very often, right? And some people look on them with uh, awe and amazement, right? And some people look on them with quite a bit of disgust, right? Now, no matter which side of the fence you fall on, uh, what you cannot deny is that those individuals have built large amounts of wealth. Right? And then the question naturally comes, uh, when we are trying to learn how to build wealth ourselves, can we look to them for some advice? Can we look to them uh, for the blueprint as to how to do so? Now, the answer is just naturally yes and no. Right? Uh, once you see something has been done before, uh, you can follow that same playbook. Right. In many cases. Now, some things can't be replicated. Uh, right. But uh, if you want to build a company like uh, the likes of Bill Gates or Elon Musk or, um, you know, Jeff Bezos or whomever. Right. And become a billionaire in that way, uh, then you absolutely can. Right. Our free market system allows you to do so. It allows you uh, to create a good or service that is better than any other good or service and take it to market and then ultimately uh, sell equity share in your company, and that equity share increase in value over time to the point where you are a billionaire. That can absolutely occur. Now, how likely is that to occur? The idea is it's very, very unlikely, right? It's very, very unlikely we are going to build wealth in the same way that billionaires are going to build wealth, right? Ultimately, billionaires, most of them at least, right? Did not become such by uh, being great investors, right? They became such by being great businessmen or businesswomen, right? Uh, they got to this point where uh, they had just built such large businesses that they were then billionaires, right? Which is awesome. It's amazing. It's a cool thing, right? But at the same time, 
uh, it means that, you know, how can we, uh, you know, replicate this thing? How can we replicate being a billionaire if all we do our entire lives is work for uh, a given company, right? Or, or a given number of companies. And uh, we're never at the helm. We never make all the decisions. Uh, we play specific roles, right? We're not uh, somebody who wants to take on uh, the entrepreneurial uh, role in a particular business. And guess what? That's It's okay, right? That's perfectly fine if you do not take an entrepreneurial role. Right? But you also have to understand that in not taking an entrepreneurial role, uh, you're not likely to ever become a billionaire in this way uh, that we see all these other billionaires becoming, right? Because they took risk, right? People say, well, you know, it's unfair for somebody to have a billion dollars. And I'm not going to call it unfair. I'll call it wild, right? It's wild for somebody to have uh, a billion dollars. That's just an, uh, an unreal amount of money. But at the same time, right? These individuals took on amazing amounts of risk to get to where they are, right? They took risks and put it all on the table where uh, many others have failed. They actually succeeded, right? They actually did things that nobody else had done before, okay? So uh, there is something distinct about them uh, that makes them this wealthy, right? Uh, they took on this risk. They did these things uh, that nobody else was willing to do, and they got the return that nobody else uh, is going to get. Now, when it comes to our own lives, right, we have to ask ourselves, how can we build wealth? Now, naturally, the vast majority of us are never going to be billionaires, and that's fine, right? We don't need to be billionaires to be uh, wealthy enough in order to do the things that we want to do over the long term. We do not have to be billionaires. But what we do have to be is good investors, right? And what I really want to focus on today, naturally, right, we're talking about billionaires. Uh, what we want to talk about is the reasons why we are not going to invest like billionaires. The reasons why we should not invest like billionaires, because again, uh, they became wealthy in a very different way than what we are going to try to follow, right? And the reason that that is, is because they were not investors. They were business people. They were creators. They were um, you know, people who extracted value uh, from products and services to uh, the upteenth degree to the point where they did become billionaires. So the first reason why we should not invest like billionaires is that some billionaires got rich through sweat equity. So many billionaires did not make their billions by investing in stocks. Instead, they started and ran their own companies. Bill Gates, for example, started a little enterprise called Microsoft, while Warren Buffett bought an ailing business called Berkshire Hathaway and added many successful businesses to it. Now, uh, Buffett is going to be far closer to uh, what is possible for us uh, than Bill Gates would, right? Uh, Bill Gates, he started Microsoft from the ground up, little computer company, right, that now just takes over the world. And then, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, that was a textile company, and, you know, who could buy a textile company? Well, Buffett did, right? Uh, but, much of what he did within Berkshire Hathaway was investing in businesses, okay? So he did take a more investing route, but uh, it was under the uh, umbrella of this company, Berkshire Hathaway. Then Tesla chief uh, Elon Musk, he founded a company called Zip2, which ended up being bought by Compaq, which, you know, I, I remember uh, being on an old Compaq computer uh, back in the day uh, for several million dollars, which after uh, that, he founded X.com, which merged with another company to form PayPal. Again, this is just building businesses, right? Starting a billion-dollar company is an unsuitable goal for most of us, and it even has downside, right? You'll likely end up with too much of your wealth 
tied up in any one company, right? All of these individuals became extremely wealthy, not just because uh, they ran these large businesses, but because all of that wealth was tied up in the equity of that business, right? You think about most people who uh, become millionaires in America today, they are quite diversified, right? They have, um, you know, a lot of different, you know, stock holdings, or they have a bunch of mutual funds or ETFs or whatever, right? But these billionaires, right, they consolidated their holdings, right? They had their holdings and everything that they had behind this one company, behind this one set of ideas, behind this one goal, right? Uh, and th again, that is unsustainable for most people. That's unsuitable for most people. Most people should not be taking that large amount of risk uh, just on, you know, one specific idea. Because ultimately, you know, you put all your eggs in one basket, you lose that basket, right? And you lose it all. Okay. Now we smaller investors should avoid over concentrating our own portfolios uh, in the stock of too few companies. Now, this is not me saying to not be entrepreneurial, right? If you are investing in your own company, you're creating a company, uh, you're doing these things, of course, you are going to take on risk. And I'm not saying don't do that, right? I'm, by all means, do that, right? But what I am saying is that when it comes to building wealth for the vast majority of us, the way that we are going to do so is through diversifying our holdings, is through uh, buying you know stock market indexes or buying a number of uh, common stocks and uh, you know getting the weighted average returns of them over time. Right now, if one of the companies tanks right within a diversified group, then you know who cares, right? It doesn't take over uh, much of our portfolio. But uh, if you know the company tanks like Microsoft, then there goes Bill Gates' wealth, right? Or if, uh, you know, Tesla drops 10% in a day, which uh, it has done in the past, then, you know, whose wealth is associated with that? It's Elon Musk, right? Uh, so we have to understand that even though uh, these billionaires, they were entrepreneurs, they are entrepreneurs, right? They are individuals who are building businesses. They're also individuals who hold large amounts of their wealth in one specific company. And we've talked many times about why for the average individual, this just should not be the case. Okay. So that's the first reason that we should not invest like billionaires because some billionaires got rich through sweat equity, not uh, through investing. Now, what's the second reason? Well, you cannot afford to lose like they can. Now, plenty of billionaires do invest in the stock market. Okay, we can agree to that. There are a lot of billionaires, again, that built wealth via the stock market. Now, not as many as who built wealth uh, via, you know, creation of a company and a company going public and all those things, right? But many did build wealth through the stock market. Now, uh, we need to remember that different situations um, that billionaires are in are not like our own situations. Okay, for one thing, they can afford to take more risks. If an investment is wiped out, losing 100%, it's not likely to threaten their future financial security and comfort. Right? They can take more risk because they have so much wealth. So let's think about exactly what we're talking about here. Let's just say that you have um, you know, an individual who you know, has a, a nest egg of, let's say, $100,000. Okay? And you have this $100,000 nest egg. And let's say that you're not super highly diversified. Let's say you're invested in five different stocks equally, right? So each of those stocks is 20% of your portfolio. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is the case. I'm just saying this could be something that plays out in real life, right? So uh, each of those stocks is 20% of your portfolio. Let's say one of the stocks goes to zero. Okay, well, now you lost 20% of your portfolio. So now you have $80,000, assuming that the value of those other holdings stayed stagnant, right? So now you have $80,000. Well, that's a big hit, 
right? And that's a big something to try to get over, right? Because now, just in order to get back to the point, uh, you know, where you're saying, okay, now I need to get back to uh, this, uh, you know, $100,000 value, I'm going to have to make uh, 25% on my money, right? Just in order to get back uh, to that value. And that's going to be difficult to do. It's going to take some time, right? And, you know, over the life of our portfolios, we can't take huge losses like that, right? And we can't uh, take, especially when the market is not doing, uh, you know, something like our portfolio is, right? If one stock crashes or one stock uh, ceases to exist, uh, that doesn't mean that the entire market is going to cease to exist. It doesn't mean the entire market is going to get uh, as bad a returns as we would in being very concentrated in our holdings like five stocks, right? But let's say you have a billionaire investor that's uh, doing a similar thing, right? Oh, okay. So maybe their, uh, you know, billion dollar net worth, let's just say it's only 1 billion goes down to 800 million. Who cares? Right. Or let's say it's a $10 billion net worth and it goes down, uh, to 8 billion again, who cares? Right. It, it doesn't really matter. They're going to still turn around and take more risks, right? They're going to still turn around and invest in risky things because, uh, they have the ability to do so. They don't need that cash. They don't need that money. So they're going to continue to put it to work, continue to invest it in things that they believe in one way or the other uh, and allow uh, the volatility to occur. Because ultimately, you know, and we think about this a lot. When, let's say you and I uh, invested in Tesla a year ago, right? Uh, Tesla stock has been extremely volatile, just hit all-time highs. Uh, really, really crazy stock. But uh, very high growing stock. Okay. Uh, but at times it's been difficult to hold on to, right? At times it's been difficult to remain invested in, you know, admittedly it is. Okay. But do you think Elon Musk cared much about continuing to have all his wealth in Tesla? No, as long as they're going to build cars in the way that they are, as long as he has as much information as he does about the company uh, and they continue to uh, do the things that he wants them to do, he's not going to be worried about holding that stock or holding the stock options associated with his wealth. He's just going to continue to hold them, continue to uh, get paid in that way and continue to make a lot of money because he is willing to take on that excess risk. Okay. Now, if you take on a lot of risk and things don't work out as you hoped, Right? You can end up with a far smaller net worth, uh, which can threaten your retirement or keep you from achieving some goals, such as a down payment for a home even. okay. And these are not things that billionaires have to worry about. Billionaires are not worried about uh, the potential losses that they can take, especially in the short term. okay. Uh, many of them do have a long-term point of view uh, where they're like, hey, I'm going to make a whole lot of money over a long period of time, and I don't really care what the market does in the short term. I don't care if I take some 100% losses because I'm going to make some thousand plus percent gains uh, on the other end from time to time. Okay. Uh, and I think we can take a page out of this and understanding the fact uh, that short-term fluctuations of the market are not going to be uh, that consequential to us. But ultimately, again, if we have very concentrated holdings, right, if we're not super diversified uh, and some of our holdings lose all of their value uh, or most of their value or, or never grow in the way that they're supposed to, uh, that can really put a drag on our long-term ability to build wealth. And that's not what we want. Uh, we cannot afford that in the same way uh, that billionaires can. Okay. So ultimately we cannot afford losses in the way that they can. So we should not invest in the way that they do. Now, the third thing that we can learn um, from billionaires and uh, the third reason that uh, we should not invest in the way that they do 
is that you may need more growth than they do. Now, yes, they can take on more risk uh, in the search of more return, right? But do they really need that much growth? Do they, do they really need uh, to grow their net worth that much? Now, related to that previous point, uh, while many billionaires would love to get even richer, right? Most of us need to get richer, right? Most of us need returns. We need adequate returns over a long period of time. Now, if we want to be able to support ourselves in retirement, yes, we need to consistently put money away for retirement. Yes, we need to consistently put money in our IRAs and our 401ks and our brokerage accounts and all those types of things, right? But we ultimately have to put them away in a way uh, that will allow us to make good returns, okay? Now, Social Security paying an annual average benefit of around $18,860 is not likely to be enough for many of us. Okay, so we are trying to invest in a way that will get us to the point where we can sustain ourselves, which is very, very important, right? Because most billionaires are going to run their companies uh, for many, many years. And then when they get out of those companies, they may still have uh, a large share of the say in those companies, Jeff Bezos, for instance, right? Um, but they're going to have plenty of wealth laying around. They're going to have plenty of money to sustain themselves, right? More than enough to sustain themselves and many, many others, okay? Uh, but ultimately, we have to build up a nest egg in order to uh, just create the income that we're going to need over time. So imagine having $5 billion to invest. If you invest it in something growing at just 2% annually, 2%, okay? 2% annually, uh, or something that pays 2% annual interest, such as government bonds, you can collect a whopping $100 million annually from that. And my guess is if you can't live uh, on $100 million, you got some big problems, okay? Uh, so think about just the, the small returns that it takes uh, in order to live an extravagant lifestyle if you are a billionaire. Okay, and it does not take much. Now, most of us would be ill-served by an average annual growth rate of two or even five percent a year. So, just think about somebody uh, who has a million-dollar portfolio, one million-dollar portfolio. Okay, two percent on a one million-dollar portfolio is going to be twenty thousand dollars annually. Okay, that's not a whole lot of money, right? That's not uh, the amount of money that most people want in order to live in retirement and live comfortably. Right? That's not going to be uh, what's going to allow most people to live their retirement dreams. Right? Think of even a 4% rate of return on a million-dollar nest egg. Right? That's still only $40,000. So we have to have much larger nest eggs in order to create larger amounts of income. And not only that, we're going to look for higher rates of return uh, because lower rates of return just aren't going to cut it. Now, you can see why billionaires are going to be willing to take more risks, though, because if you have that $5 billion portfolio, right? Uh, and 2% will create $100 million annually. And you know who's spending $100 million annually, honestly, right? Um, if that's the case, if that's the case in your life, then you're going to be willing to take some other risks because you don't need all of that money at all times. And you'd be willing to take some risks, right? Uh, in return for some returns, right? In return for some returns that are greater than uh, what you could expect uh, in just you know some diversified portfolio uh, of stocks. So while you shouldn't invest like billionaires do, you should be investing smart like small investors do, okay? Parking your long-term dollars across a host of great and growing companies and aiming to stay invested in them for many years, right? Or you can take the easier or very effective route of investing in index funds. And I've told you many times why investing in index funds is important. Now, let's be clear about this, okay? What I'm saying is not uh, that we should not be good investors. And what I'm saying is not 
uh, that we should not be different and we should not be weird in the way that we manage our money because 100% you should be weird in the way that you manage your money. Normal is broke. Normal is not investing. Normal is not having a nice nest egg. Normal uh, is not uh, building millions of dollars for yourself, right? But extremely abnormal is being a billionaire, right? We're talking uh, the slightest of the percentage of the population, right? We're talking about very, very small slivers of the population and we're not likely to be like those people. Again, it's not saying that you cannot be. It's not saying that you will not be because I'm not going to uh, just smash anybody's dreams because of course you could, right? Uh, if you build something that great, right? But how many people are? Very, very few. There's a reason that we know these people's names because very, very few people actually get there. So we also have to be realistic in our thought processes and in the ways that we invest and not just take direct cues from billionaires, but take cues from uh, the millionaires, right? The, the people who have uh, invested to grow wealth, uh, in this way as small investors over time and actually done all of the right things financially to be financially successful in working normal jobs and doing normal things as careers, okay? Now, the fourth and last thing that I have for you uh, in the reasons that we should not invest like billionaires uh, is that we have some advantages over billionaires, okay? At least when it comes to investing. Now, imagine for starters that you have $2 billion that you'd like to invest in young, fast-growing, small-cap companies, now, even if there are eight such companies that you found and they have market values near, let's say, 500 million, dividing your 2 billion among them would mean that you'd be investing 250 million in each. Do you see the problem here? Right? That's a problem. You can't do that. That would be buying half of each company. Okay? You need to in instead invest much smaller sums in many more small cap companies. You'd end up spreading your money rather thin. Uh, if a handful of those companies grew 20-fold, um, it still wouldn't make a huge difference in your bottom line. Okay, We smaller investors, on the other hand, are very able to invest in a handful of small, fast-growing companies. Um, and you can invest 1000 here, 5000 here, uh, and it will not suddenly make us major shareholders of a company, right? That's a huge advantage. And this is something that uh, Warren Buffett talks about all the time on an even more macro scale he, when he talks about Berkshire Hathaway, right? He's talking about how uh, you know Berkshire's so large, right, and has uh, so much in the way of assets and so much uh, in the way of cash that in order to create uh, returns in the way that he did in the past, he cannot invest in the same way, right? He can't invest in the smaller companies that he did in the past because he would just buy all of them, and he doesn't want to own all of them uh, outright. He doesn't want to you know take controlling ownership of all of these companies. Okay, um, and so it's very difficult to continue making uh, large returns over time because uh, some of the largest returns that you're going to make are not in the Apples or the Googles or even the Teslas at this point, right? Some of the largest returns that you're going to see made over the next 10 years are going to be uh, in companies that are not large companies right now, that are uh, small to mid-sized companies. And the problem is, as a billionaire, you cannot invest in those properly, Right? And you definitely can't invest in those uh, in a way that will keep you from being a majority shareholder. Okay, So ultimately, uh, as a small investor, we have some upside here. We have some ability to invest in the way that they cannot. Now, meanwhile, let's say that you want to invest $500 million in a big company. Okay, That's more doable, uh, but it's still not as easy as if you were a small investor investing a modest sum. 
right? You might have to buy your shares in increments, uh, but the act of doing so can send the stock price up, causing your later shares to be more costly, right? So large investors, especially very large investors like these billionaires, uh, even when they buy shares in larger companies, right? It can send the stock price up. It can send the stock price uh, flying higher, uh, depending on how much of the stock they actually go about buying. Uh, and depending on whether or not uh, they have required disclosures as to uh, what they bought or what they didn't. And so some of their later purchases uh, you know, of the particular stock can be at higher prices than they wanted to purchase the stock at which can be um, you know, not advantageous to them, right? It can, can be a disadvantage that they have to where they're not getting the best price uh, that they thought they would get as they were getting in to invest initially, right? So similarly, when they want to sell off a huge position in a stock, their selling might cause the stock price to fall before they're done selling, right? So they could get a less than advantageous price on the stock uh, as they're selling it as well. Now, we small investors, we can get in and out of stocks more easily, uh, and we can get in and out of a wider range of stocks, okay? Uh, so we can do this in a way that billionaires cannot, uh, and you know we get more efficient pricing, and we don't just swing markets in a way uh, that billionaires very likely could based on the amount of money that they may be willing to invest in a particular company at a particular time. Now, copying the investment habits of billionaires is not a sure path to riches because we're rather different from most billionaires. Instead, develop your own investing strategy to reach your own goals. Okay, You might learn from billionaires, of course, like Warren Buffett, uh, if they've penned informative or educational letters, articles, or books. But adapt any advice for yourself in your own situation. You might not end up a billionaire, but achieving millionaire or multimillionaire status is very, very possible for most of us. And that's what I want to leave you with, right? I want to leave you with this idea that just because I'm saying it's so difficult to become a billionaire uh, and investing like a billionaire is not likely to work out for most of us, that does not mean that we cannot build wealth. Of course we can, right? If anybody's going to tell you that you can build wealth, I will be the guy that tells you that you can do so because you absolutely can, right? Being a multimillionaire, being a millionaire is not that difficult in America today. I've told you how you can do this. I've told you how uh, you can invest to get to this point, right? Uh, if you just, and I say just, right, but it's a long-term thing and most wealth building is, right? But if we're talking about making 10% a year, over a 40-year working life, right? And we invested $158.13 per month, right? $158.13 per month. We started with nothing. $158 a month is not that much, right? But let's say we invested that. That makes you a millionaire, right? That makes you somebody who built a million-dollar nest egg, right? So it's not that difficult over time to become a millionaire. You just have to be disciplined, you have to invest systematically. You have to do all the things that I talk about doing on the show on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you are failing to do this, if you're failing to build wealth in this way, um, then it's really nobody's fault but your own. Yes, you could have life circumstances that pop up. Yes, you could have started late, all these different things, right? But ultimately, I tell you to you know build this financial foundation, have uh, no debt, have uh, your emergency fund built up, and then invest aggressively uh, to the point where it's not going to matter one way or another where you started, uh, but it's going to impact where you end up, right? And I want everybody to end up in that uh, you know space where they've built some semblance of wealth for themselves, and they can rely on that wealth in retirement in a very comfortable way, 
right? Uh, hopefully, a bunch of individuals can retire early. Hopefully, a bunch of individuals uh, cannot use the traditional definition of retirement uh, and actually go and enjoy their lives and do what they have purpose for doing, right? Do what they are passionate about. Do what uh, they are called to do uh, and have options, right? Have financial freedom, which is translated into options, right? This is options. Having the ability to choose what you want to do with your money, that's what I want for you. Now, ultimately, many of us are never going to have the options that billionaires have, okay? But the options that a millionaire or multimillionaire can have relative to the normal individual, relative to the individual who's not going to invest, relative to the individual who's not going to take their financial life into their own hands uh, is quite substantial, Okay, so if you can just do that at a minimum, do um, the minimum amount in order to become a millionaire, do the minimum amount of investing just in order to get there, you're still going to be better off than the vast majority of individuals. But I don't want you to just do the minimum. I want you to push the absolute most that you can, right? Investing 15% of your income over a long period of time, like I call you to do, uh, is going to be you know, uh, plenty in order to get to a point where you can build multimillionaire status uh, and have plenty of money uh, sitting around in order to uh, live the financial life, live the life in general that you want to live. Uh, and I'm here for it, right? I'm here for you doing that. I'm here uh, to help you to learn how to do that. And just because I say that most of us aren't like the billionaires doesn't mean that you can't have that entrepreneurial spirit. Doesn't mean that some of you won't build great businesses and be able to do great things. It just means that for the majority of us, we're going to work jobs. We're going to have to uh, invest in a traditional sense. Uh, and we are going to be smaller investors uh, that still need to learn how to build wealth. But we have to understand that we may not need to take our cues uh, from those who are at the top of the top. We may need to take our cues uh, from those who are just in that upper middle range of being multimillionaires, of building wealth from nothing, and doing so in a way that is relatable to the vast majority of us and not something that we just look at and roll our eyes. So hopefully this helps you and motivates you to build wealth and do so in a way uh, that is unique to you and your own circumstances, not in a way that is looking towards billionaires to teach you how to do so. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to the show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.